Welcome to the 3B3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. All right, so I had a question last week, or episode, or however this all works anymore. It's all a blur. So my question was, why is the NHL so desperate to try to save the end of the 2019-2020 season and playoffs? Can we legally sing songs from show tunes? Because <laughs> the answer is money. And I actually think I learned the answer this week from Elliot Friedman. Uh, I think they mainly want to, the from the business side, the commissioner's office, they, they want to finish the season mainly because they have been paid in full for the season by their broadcast partners. For any games that they do not complete, you know, regular season or, or playoffs, they will be giving those broadcast partners a credit towards next season. So while they are getting their, they've gotten their money up front for now, it will severely hamstring teams next year if, you know, you're, you know, NBC and Sportsnet are basically working off credits instead of, you know, sending an influx of cash to, to certain teams or the league as a whole. So I think that's probably the number one reason. And then the traditional, you know, is, you know, we, we have, we have to finish the season because of tradition and blah, 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 hockey men, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's my, it comes down to money. I think it's mainly their television deal. That is the first answer that I've heard that actually makes sense. You know what I need. Or maybe you don't. Do I have to come right out flat? Tell you everything. Give me some money. Give me some money. That's it. That's it. Okay, you're well under 30 seconds, so we're good there. Because <laughs> I was sitting there thinking about this, and I. And, I hadn't seen that from Friedman, but um, I'm like, you know, this is a league that gave up a season of nothing just to get a salary cap. It's like, why, why is this so important that they finish this season to the point where they're trying to tie themselves into pretzel knots and pushing it into next season? Because it didn't make any sense. But if they have to like either go off of a credit or they have to pay money back, that completely makes sense why they want to do it. And isn't it funny that I, I it may have been the same in, in Canada, but the U.S. Uh, TV deal had expired after the 2004 season. So... I'm sure the league forewarned, you know, broadcast partners. Yeah, don't worry about negotiating right now. We've got some time. So given the fact that they were willing to, you know, 
they had no rights holders. They had no partners, for lack of a better term, to basically work with and make whole or any other nonsensical term we've heard through CBA negotiations the last few years. There was no party outside of the players that they really needed to satisfy in their own mind. Right now there is because they're 12 to 24 months away from renegotiating with these same partners. Right. I mean, and I, I read the, the NHL, NHL teams did not pay NHL players their last paycheck. Right. The players have, uh, they made the decision to kind of kick that can down the road uh, until May 15th. Uh, at which point they can either accept their final paycheck because contractually they are entitled to it, but they don't know how, how bad they're getting boned, uh, by future revenue in, you know, come, I guess, October 3rd. It's usually when, uh, the 180 day clock for, for their pay cycle starts. So. I'm hoping, I think they're hoping they have enough information to say, okay, yeah, we definitely want to do this or let's get the money in our pockets now because we might not be collecting a check for a very long time. Give me Patrick? some money. <laughs> Give me some money. I, this is... Money makes the world go round, but an, and it's an unfortunate truth. Mm-hmm. Simply because we're in this situation that sacrificing a year for the CBA thing—that was their own doing. This has been forced upon them, and unless there is some way to. Unless there's no end to the... I don't know how to put this. Unless it's going to be a while. <laughs> there's... there's External forces are stopping them from playing. Not internal forces. Internal forces they can deal with. They all, you know, round the wagons up and... They can plan for. Yeah, and that's effectively what they did, right? Because I, I, I vaguely remember... Batman telling all of the owners prior to that lockout season, go out and take loans because we ain't, you know, you aren't going to see any money for a while because we're digging in and we're not going to budge. So if your businesses or your franchisers are sitting there needing, you know, money to make payroll and all this other stuff, go out and take loans. This you kind of could sort of maybe see it might be coming, but it just happened. So there was no way for them to sort of say, hey, everyone, get ready because we're going to shut the league down because they were not intending to. Right. So I think that's the biggest difference. Gary Bettman not knowing the answer to a question that he knows is coming up probably scares the life out of him because he is someone that is always prepared always knows how to drive the conversation and he's kind of out of his element a little bit here. 
which makes, you know, the idea of, I think this week was the worst week for, they may still plan to hold the entry draft in June and everyone's kind of in an uproar. But Gary, Gary's putting that out there, not because he, he wants feedback because it's more than likely what's going to happen. Um, and get ready for some, uh, I, I don't even know what to call it. I don't even want to call it crazy based on, you know, the league that we're talking about, but we're entering a brand new world, maybe. And well, and the, I'm sorry, Cassie, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and, and the other underlying thing for all sports at this point, not just hockey, but I'm sure the NHL is feeling it particularly more so than, say, the NFL, is trying to stay relevant. I mean, but before we hit the record button, I said to you, Cassie, I'm not exactly sure what we should talk about this week, because, I mean, we can we can only talk about Forsberg, Forsberg, Forsberg uh, so many times. So every other episode, we haven't re- we haven't reached that point yet. No, no, we haven't gotten to the saturation point on Forsberg yet. No, and honestly, we we should spread it out and save it for. Well, and then there's always hey. Fedorov. Oh, <sighs> uh, we could we could talk about that offer sheet for for two two weeks. <laughs> um, but by and large, the league was virtually off the radar as far as the sports world. You know, the NFL draft kind of took precedence and and was front and center. But even then it was, I mean, for a non-NFL fan who used to casually watch that sort of stuff because, hey, it's something on during the daytime on a Saturday, uh, I could care less. But I know way more about what happened in that draft than anything that happened in hockey this week. So it's, it's, I don't know. We're getting ready for some, uh, I, I don't want to say Hunter S. Thompson-esque uh, circumstances or, or, or news cycles, but something crazy is going to happen. And uh, I think it may actually change certain things in the league for, you know, a decade or two. Such as, so I I if Bettman says it, it's we're seventy five or eighty percent of the way there. I think the draft will be conducted in June, mainly because it, it it'll get all their scouts kind of off the payroll. Um, immediately after that, I I think that's why there's been some discussion of why they would still hold it then. Um, I think it's going to happen and it's going to dramatically change the script, not the plan, but the script that all GMs follow because, you know, the draft is the time where you make your, your, either your, your major salary cap trades to get your team, you know, under the upcoming season's pick. You, you, you dump your bad contracts, you, um, prepare for a tank, but they okay, but they can't because, I mean, when Columbus it was Columbus who that tried to sign somebody a week or two ago, 
And the NHL shot him down saying this is not the time for that. And so they have to wait until when free agency opens, whenever that's going to be. Right. They Well, that that issue was I think there was some loophole where technically Grigorenko um, could have been signed to a contract for the upcoming season because there have been a few, at least deals announced. I don't know if the, you know, teams actually put paperwork in on players in European league signing for next season. That sounded to me like it was like a paperwork logistics. You have to wait and file till this date. Um, cause we cannot accept this because what else are we doing? <sighs> well, I mean, you know, it's that whole, we're in limbo at the end of the season before playoffs start thing, I think is where they're, what, what the league was thinking. It was more of a, we're not at the end of the season. We're not at the end of playoffs. We're nowhere near a free agency. We don't even know when that's going to be. So you know, I mean, some of the some of the t- teams can sign free agents, European free agents, college free agents. That's been going on, with the understanding, of course, that they wouldn't play until next season, in theory. Although the there's, and I can't think of what the rules are right now that govern who you can sign and who you can't sign, when they can play and when they can't play, because you know you can sign college guys now and have them play in playoffs right and there was actually one uh college ufa signed i want to say and there was random verbiage saying uh specific details of this of this deal will be announced you know sometime in the future mainly because i think his birth date was an issue and it could lead to, okay, it's a matter of how many years of your entry level contract or how long your entry level contract would be. Is this a one year deal? Is this a two year deal? Is this you signing for this immediate season? Um, And actually, as I'm talking, it must've been a player on a team's reserve list, which allows them to be eligible to play immediately. Uh, Anyway, it's just more, we need we need my buddy Tom Edwards on on the line because he he would straighten out all the CBA nonsense for me in about five seconds. Uh, so, yeah, it's just going to be weird. But I think just logistically, even in a compressed schedule, they can't afford to wait to hold an entry draft. You know, in the two to three week period before a potential Stanley Cup final and opening of training camp. I just don't see how they can logistically do that. So I I have a feeling they are going to have to, one, call the regular season in the next three or four weeks uh, so that they can legally, you know, or, or whatever guidelines that they have that controls how they phrase things they're going to have to start the process to get an entry draft started so that they can then finalize a draft order and get going with that. Because if the prospects of a June 1st, or I'm going to say July 1st, three week training camp period. And then I've read estimates of a four month, basically quarantine period. So let's say July 1st is our starting date. 
that takes you through the end of October. There's no way you can squeeze an entry draft in and basically bring players, new ELC players into the fold for a new season. Like you're basically, uh, let's say your top five picks, you know, there's no way you can get all, all not only the contract signed, but get them logistically in place to be somewhere in a, in a two week period. There's no requirement to have the draft at the end of the season. They could, if they wanted to have the draft in like the spring, they just do it at the end of the season so that GMs can feel free to make deals right before um, free agency kicks off. It's a convenience thing. It's not a requirement. I don't think. Yeah, and it's right before the contracts of all their scouts, half their front office staff will expire on June 30th at 11.59 p.m., whatever time zone is written onto their, I presume it's Eastern Standard Time. But So, Patrick, you're awfully quiet today. What, what, what do you have? What's, what are your thoughts? Pretty much whatever you guys are saying. I, I'm just. <sighs> yeah, I got nothing. Honest to goodness, I have nothing. Just because. <sighs> We're through the looking glass, people. You know, this this year and next year are going to be irrevocably impacted in some weird aspect. And it's going to be one of those things that not everyone's going to like what they do. And you literally can't please everyone. White jerseys. Right. There's just some fallout from all of this. And it's going to make some people mad. And some people are going to be fine. So whatever they do end up scheduling for the draft and the season and everything... It's going to be to maximize their money. And that's all I can guarantee you. Yeah. Will, it be, will it be the smartest thing? Probably not. But is it going to be the thing that ensures them a better potential revenue stream than uh, anything else? More than likely. And that's kind of what it is. So I just... Uh, you know, that's where I'm at right now. All about the many. I mean, it sucks, but it also kind of makes sense because if there's going to be no hockey, if everything's going to be delayed, why have all this money on the books for people that can't work versus, you know, the, the furloughed staffs right now that will be in a position where they will have to work at some point this summer? Um, that just kind of sucks. That's essentially, I mean, we're all just passengers, right? Including the league. We're all literally just passengers waiting for a break in the storm and some prospect that it's clearing. 
behind him. Otherwise, and, and just... praying to God that there isn't, you know, the second surge or the second wave of the storm. Right. Oh, there Which, will be. <laughs> there will be, and that's kind of one thing that's scaring me about all this, you know, season preparation, like, and all this optimism. I think that, maybe I misspoke, but that was the one thing to come out this week, that everyone, based on, you know, projected models and whomever in, you know, public office and, and, uh, you know, medical uh, communities, whoever the league is talking to, they think they can do something. But I don't think they, I don't think they are prepared for when the second wave hits. I think they're going to try and cram in as much as they can before it does. I think they want to finish the season and play and or playoffs. I think they want to get that done before the next wave hits. I think that's really their goal. <clears throat> and then they can deal with the rest after that. Yeah. And I think it just means playing something between July and August and then shutting it down for until, you know, Whenever. basically. Yeah. vaccines are readily available or basically you can do a two minute test so it's going to be yeah gonna and, be and in that that way they're going to uh, um, they're basically going to sequester them all the players I mean I was looking you know the, the thing that came out this, this last week was actually the the whole deal with they want to go down to like four NHL cities or something like that to have this little mini tournament where everyone, because they, they, Batman said that they have to have NHL arenas or else this isn't going to work because there's certain facilities in NHL arenas that they're required to have. My thought is TV cameras, but um, at, 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 I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and I think it's actually something. Once again, this is probably a CBA issue. There's I'm sure it is. Something. I'm sure it's like locker room facilities in the CBA that, that the NHL is required to provide for games. Right. Um, but I think for the NHL itself, I think for them, it's more of the broadcasting equipment that's there. Um, or just know, the broadcast teams. Because they want to be able to stream that stuff even if they aren't going to have fans. So, um, so I've been thinking about that it's like four nhl cities fairly centrally quote-unquote located um and you know being a geographer i'm like looking at the map going what would be the best best place for that not really believing that it's going to happen for a second but where would be the best place for that and so um my my professional opinion is that they ought to do and they would love this anyway because Toronto's involved but um, Toronto, Detroit, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Buffalo all around Lake Erie they're all within a decent distance from one another you could actually bus them instead of flying but they would probably fly anyway um, you'd have five NHL arenas Pittsburgh, you could take or leave if you really needed to as an auxiliary one. Um, the other option, of course, is what most people are probably thinking, which is New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C. But um, 
In which all those names that you just mentioned are kind of non-starters. Right. So it, it really would come down to, would the NHL want to operate out of their New York offices or out of their Toronto offices? You know, it's like, do you want everything based in the United States? Probably not. And that's probably an issue that they're like trying to work through. They would want at least one, if not two, NHL cities from Canada because Canada. And so you could squeeze Ottawa out of that, but they've already said, it's already been said that Montreal is not a part, would not be a part of that because they're not centralized enough. Um, so I think that that's pretty much going to be like it. I mean, if you're going to include at least one city in Canada, it probably should be Toronto. And there you go. So wow, this is the one time we want it to be Edmonton. <laughs> All of those years in April, not wanting to hear Edmonton's name called. This is the year we. I want to hear it over Toronto's. What were you going to say, Patrick? But how does this Sorry. affect Toronto? <laughs> how does this affect the Leafs? Um, the bigger... Toronto is a weird one. Like, I get what why it makes logistical sense. They have two issues working against them. What is the NBA going to do? Because Toronto would be, a, in my mind, a logical option for, for the NBA should they be doing something similar. And two, I'm sorry, but the metropolitan population, it, trying to sequester people in that that uh, population center just seems like a dumb idea. Oh, you couldn't do. You could not. You might be able to get away with the with Jersey. You would not be able to get away with Madison Square Garden. You couldn't do it. I don't think. Uh, well, Newark's already sequestered from everything anyway, so there's not much of a change there. This is true. Which is why I said they could do it there. <laughs> No, I'm guessing Columbus, like if, if their goal is to let's pick one team in each division, I think Columbus and Edmonton, Buffalo maybe, and then I forget who the Pacific uh, team I'd be recommended would. I, I forget what they name, but it's just – I think the larger the population center, uh, the less likely anything will be opened up by the local governments and, and the state or provincial governments. However, right. The other sense. option I had come up with, but of course it involves California, is you know L.A., Anaheim, Vegas, um, Phoenix, maybe San Jose. But again, California, that's not going to happen. So I've got it solved. Right here, right now, I've solved it. Victoria. You put There's them on no Victoria. NHL facility there. It's just WHL. The Savon Center is a world-class facility. If the Tragically Hip can play there, they can play hockey there. They're sequestered. They're literally on an island. 
So so Gary Batman can can look at the guy who runs whatever the fighting league is who said he was going to buy an island. Say we've already done that. They they buy they buy Vancouver Island for a week, a month or two. It's cheap, you know, seventy cents on, or seventy cents on the dollar U.S. right now. And and you just set them there. Everything's pretty much within walking distance. You've got some really nice hotels that are likely empty because nobody's traveling there. Solved. Solvy solved. We're going to Victoria on Princess Marguerite. How will the players ruin this idea? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm just, as I am someone who's lives in a state that is projected to be able to ease their social distancing restrictions in, you know, a matter of two or three weeks, whether that happens or not is a different story. I just... I think they are running out of time and they're just going to have to shut the whole thing down. I really do. Yeah. See, I'm again, I'm thinking I'm Detroit. No one lives in Detroit anymore, right? <laughs> now I know it's on the upswing, but we'll pretend no one lives in Detroit. Um, yeah. Columbus, you couldn't do because the state wouldn't allow it. I don't think um, Yeah. you could do Pittsburgh. Um, cause Pennsylvania is being all kinds of goofy, um, probably could not do Buffalo because of New York state and, but you probably could do Toronto. Well, Toronto, Toronto would be like Vegas right now. And, and, you know, local government make the foolish decision to sign off on such an idea just to get some new revenue flowing. Um, Ohio, Columbus made a lot of sense if, and it's always a big if, if the governor, you know, will open the state, Um, mainly because they have enough facilities under their control within a a short radius where you can probably centralize things enough where you're limiting the, you know, basically the, the two quarantine buses that shift, you know, two to four, whatever ends up working out to be, but you shift the players from a hotel to a rink that they practice at, and then all games are at Nationwide. Um, well, they wanted seats. So that's the thing, though, is they wanted four, four arenas. Well, they want four arenas for the games, but the bigger issues is these are also the areas where they're going to be conducting their training camps. So they need multiple sheets of ice with decent. And I do mean quote unquote decent practice facilities where they can just, that is their dedicated practice ring. Cause you know, Raleigh was mentioned because you know, the state's numbers look good, but if you go to any of our um, privately owned rinks in the area, they're all a joke. Like, no NHL team would want to skate in any of them. And, you know, they're they're still trying to build a new practice facility for the team. Columbus, the Blue Jackets actually run, I think, eight different rinks in the, 
I'm, I'm just going to say Columbus metropolitan area, and I bet they, their facilities are decent enough where teams would sign off on it. Um, Pittsburgh, very much in that same vein. It's just a difference of what, you know, Pennsylvania, the state of Pennsylvania versus the state of Ohio are going to do. So, oh, just shut the whole thing down so we can stop having these garbage conversations. <laughs> you know? But you don't like but to play the what if guessing put, But then they'll have to put um, playoffs not played on, on the Stanley Cup due to pandemic. Can't have that. Well, it'll be very nice for the St. Louis Blues. And I, I'm not even going to bother trying to joke and predict a cup champion uh, for the up the the new season, whatever that ends up being called. Because... Uh, the few times I get to see the cup, it, it sure is easy to show my kids where 2006 Stanley Cup champions are. <laughs> Just find the big blank space. Yeah. Well. Don't sound so down, Pat. Turn that frown around. <laughs> Buck up, camper. <laughs> I'm actually in, in pretty decent spirits. I'm just... I just have this growing... Like all of us, the NHL makes you tired. I understand. Yeah. Oh, do they? <laughs> no, I just have this growing fear. The optimism, they're going to have to shut down midway, you know, through this progression. It, it's going to, and it's going to hurt even more. I'd rather cut my losses now and, and start fresh when we can. It'll be a tease. Yeah. Well, the upside right now is I get to hear like actual engaging conversations with people in and around the league, like listening to an interview with Adam Oates this past week, who it completely dawned on me why he's not an NHL head coach anymore, but why he is smarter than an NHL coach by both his own admission and facts. Um, did uh, Patrick, I'm going to assume you may or may not have heard that interview. I did. Yeah. Any thoughts? There's an old joke. You want to know who the best player, best bass player in the world is? Just ask Jasper, Jack Bruce, because it's him. He'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's always rubbed me the wrong way. Adam Oates has just always rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Um, if you have to come out and say that you're smarter than somebody then you're probably not. <laughs> See, maybe it's because I, he's never been a person I have followed with any great interest. When he was the coach of the Capitals and then with New Jersey, um, yeah, he, he always seemed a bit off, but he's very much came away as a, if you ask him the question, he is going to rub you the way, wrong way, so don't ask him the question. Because, uh, you know, I I already subscribe to a lot of the thoughts and opinions about player training and development that he brought up in this interview. And, um, yeah, he'll never coach in the NHL again, but he'll have a nice little career just incrementally improving players and pissing off one of the 31, soon-to-be 32 head coaches in the league every year. 
And I'm all for that. Well, yeah. I mean, who isn't, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be Adamotes to piss off all the uh, all the coaches, Patrick. Uh-huh. Patrick. No, that's going to be Gary Bettman's job in June. No, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You said coaches. I, I was thinking general managers again. Because hmm. God forbid, you know... Schedule of events, you know, changes, and you have to. Oh, I'm about to say a dirty buzzword. Um, mute, mute your headphones in three, two, one. Pivot. Uh, <laughs> pivot uh, to doing something else at a time they're unaccustomed to. Like the NHL season is some crazy circadian rhythm that you know your body isn't tuned for those twelve months like a player. Ugh. I'm tired. I'm not. I'm not suffering self-isolation strain or anything of the sort. I'm naturally an introverted person, anyway. So this is just another week for me. Every week's just another week for me. Just the mental exhaustion of the, oh, just this crap is just driving me nuts <laughs> it just, this is what's driving me nuts not you know working from home and all that other crap you know I go to the store once a week anyway and that's pretty much the only time I get out I'm old I'm cranky get off my lawn <laughs> but just the the dice rolling the rolling for initiative, the rolling for spell casting, future casting is just, that's all anybody can do right now. And the league comes out and kind of doesn't help by saying some of these things. And you gotta, I, I think I kind of agree that the whole draft thing in June, I think was a little bit of a test balloon. But then I also got to remember that it's generally daily that comes out with the test balloons. Mm-hmm. And so that made me wonder, yeah, they might go ahead and do it. And I had, you know, I started with all these slippery slope questions and this and that and the other thing. And I stopped myself and went, yeah, I don't care. I kind of don't care. (laughs) And the reason I don't care is half the world is going to get pissed at what he does. Half the world is going to love it. Yeah. And there's just no way around it in this scenario. There's just no way around it. So I'm, I would not be terribly happy if there was a season not completed on the Stanley Cup, but in light of the severity of what is going on around us with this virus, I'm also completely fine with it. If that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. See, it just comes off, the leak just comes off as as a parent who thinks they're going to do something that the kids are really excited about, like going to Disneyland, planning for Disneyland. It's the, 
I think we'll have enough money to do it, but I'm not sure. And they keep talking about it in front of their kids and their kids are just building up their hopes. And then ultimately it just turns out, no, I have to go fix the car. Sorry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, okay, great. You're, you have all these plans and everything. Keep them to yourself until you figure out what you're actually going to do. Why is this so hard? Because you you struggle with that whole transparency. Another buzzword. Um, if you say nothing, people assume wildly. If you say something, people assume wildly. Right? Uh, it's, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you do. It, no matter what you do, people are going to assume wildly, and they'd rather err on the side of, we're going to tell you what our mindset is because otherwise, you know, there would be three hours of panel shows instead of two hours talking about it. And we don't, you know, that would be bad. Now, why they haven't held a gun to the head of the Seattle franchise and said, please, for the love of God, announce your name and your colors to get us out from underneath this, I don't know. Because that would be the smart PR move. Get Seattle to announce their franchise. You, you buy yourself, now granted in today's society, it's not as long of a product site or a, uh, a news cycle as it would be in the, in the olden days. But come on, you know, you, you start leaking it. And you don't have to have a big presentation. You know, here's our colors, here's our logo. We'll unveil the jersey later. Well, I mean, they could, like, stretch that one out for weeks. Uh, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's what I'm saying, right? You know, here's the... here's the they, they could be clever and say, oh, here's the team name, you know, and not put up a logo or colors. And then, uh, you know, next week, here's the colors, you know, and then here's the logo. You just bought yourself three weeks. It's a slow burn, but you bought yourself three weeks. Now you can add another one. You can add another week with the, oh, we have a big announcement coming up next week. Oh, the the announcement. They're going to make an announcement announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that one. So that's, that's four. You've got four weeks right there. So I can't decide. Will this increase or decrease the potential for our good friend technical difficulties? To to present themselves, Ted and Nicole difficulty. Yeah, yeah, no, that that guy. Yeah, I got him confused with his cousin. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, since they got since Ted and Nicole got married, they you know they all became difficulties. Mm. Yeah. Um, you you take it, I mean, it. You had a video. I mean, they were gonna do a video, right? So okay, so you just post a video online. And you don't have to worry about Ted and Nicole showing up at your house. Because the difficulties when they show up are just bad. Right? You don't have the projector counting down or freezing in the middle of the countdown. It's just online. I mean, they'd have to do it that way anyway. Just well, all I, online. I was... I don't know how I can tiptoe around this one. <laughs> um... I'll just say it. I know some people that are in and around the franchise working currently, documenting things, and the the whispers were they were planning on doing a big ceremony at the mural amphitheater under the space needle. Yeah, that makes sense. 
and that if that gets scuttled that wouldn't be to their liking but it, you know they got to do it at some point because TikTok, TikTok, their start of their season's coming up. And we're in this weird scenario where they, they do it now. You know, you buy an extra runway as much as it is for merch sales. And I think they can only continue using the trademark legwork excuse for only so much longer. Because, yeah. I mean, they've got most of the I's and T's, you know, dotted and crossed at this point. They'd almost have to if they were, like, planning on making an announcement last, you know, earlier this month. And then, oops, something came up, so we have to delay. Yeah, I'm just... You know? <clears throat> just something else other than talking about all of these parallel universe opportunities for playoffs and regular season and drafts and yeah I, I mean you know again that goes along with the well what else is there to talk about it's like I would rather not hear anything and just have these fun little like video call chats with players and and do that instead of or you know the the trivia show or whatever instead uh, I, of like, oh, I, I wasn't gonna bring it up i wasn't gonna bring it up oh. I just wipe the image of batman and pk out of my mind <laughs> well if it makes you feel better they didn't do another episode and i, I, I God, I, I think some strongly uh, worded letters were sent to the league office about their uh, joint appearance last week. God, if you need me, I'll be in the fetal position under my desk. <laughs> oh. But I mean, you know, it's like do do entertaining crap instead of trying to like string people along with, oh, we're gonna we're gonna have a season. Oh no, we don't know if we will. Oh, but we will, but oh now we have to like figure this out. But we don't know if we're gonna figure this out, but um we'll get back to you. And then start all over again. Exactly. All right, all right. Here's an idea for some entertaining crap that wouldn't take a lot of uh, planning or, or, or thought process. Um, Good. That's right so, up my alley right so, now. So last week, Mark Shifley was on one of those interviews. Or no, not Mark Shifley, uh, Blake Wheeler. And, uh, I mean, he was already letting the hair and the flow go pretty decently during the season. But it got me wondering, which player at the end of – this, whatever we're going to call this, what player will be able to make the best donation to Locks of Love? Follow us on Twitter at 3v3 Podcast. This has been the 3v3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody. <laughs>